0: Hello and welcome to Beyond the Artist. We have another episode for you today and I'm super excited to share with you. Today we hang out with Adam Fu, at Adam Fu, and oh man does this guy have some stories. We talk about him cycling through Europe solo. We talk about him getting in some fights and some beefs as he grew up in San Francisco tagging all over that city. He's also very vocal about uh, things that he cares about, which I really do appreciate, which includes the NFL, Robert Kraft, and a few other things. He's an amazing artist. You can see his pop-up in Brooklyn on December 30th. He announces it live here on our episode. So please enjoy this conversation with Adam Fu. Thank you. oh so. yeah, but still, like this is the story that I, I kind of want on the thing. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, so we released it a few months ago, or no, a few weeks ago, and we did it. Went out with two, we and mm-hmm. we had a third, mm-hmm. but we didn't have our process down, right? And so, you know, last Wednesday, I'm running around in a hotel room trying to record the intro to something. It's on the SIM card. The SIM card wasn't hooking up to here. To, to, like all mm-hmm. this shit, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to get stressed out at 6 a.m. in the morning. I was like, "What? We don't need to do this." So. Two things to that. Number one is thank you to everybody, everybody that's been listening. I had no expectations of this at all. And we had, I mean, we, what did we peak at? Number 19? I mean, had mean, we had a solid little launch there. Awesome. Um, the other thing, too, is that we've now figured out a process mm-hmm. to do it. And I think anything, like, and I want to I start with a compliment to you, and I'm going to wrap all this in. Okay. So when, you know, anything that you do right, you're going to make mistakes then you figure it out and you move, and you fix it and you move mm-hmm. on you keep growing. When we first spoke Adam Foo at Adam Foo our artist here joining us on this episode on Instagram Adam Hello. spelt Adam and if you don't know how to spell that leave this and go get hooked on phonics, Foo is F U. Yeah. Um, we had our first phone call and you were so organized. You had your list of quite like you just mm-hmm. went through what about this? What about that? How do you guys handle this? And this is I need uh, uh, this because of these reasons and I was like damn this is a a professional you've been doing it for a while but also I think that you've mastered that phase of your career Hmm. you've kind of wrote the book you know like quotes on it and now you're moving on to the next phase of growing and kind of like what we were talking about yesterday we can get into of like how do I build my team Hmm. how do I build a storefront my products international like and keep going from there so anyways compliments to you you've been
1: great to work with and i'd say uh thanks except uh you know it's i'm it's still a work in process too you know for me but i will say that like the details of things are i mean it's just i've been that way since i was a kid wanting to have things worked out and i don't like surprises when i'm working (laughs) you know i like surprises in my life but not in my work so uh yeah i mean it's, it th- those details uh tend to you know if i can get those things covered then uh projects go smoother. Yeah. What's your podcast called? My podcast. Yeah. Uh my life and letters. Yeah, how long mm-hmm. have you been doing that for? We uh it's a this th- this year was a third season, although it was pretty pretty uh, slim season. Uh, I think I released four episodes this year. Yeah, um, last one but, was July 29th, two thousand nineteen. Oh boy! So you know, my first season, we did fifty two episodes in fifty two weeks, which was fucking dumb. Holy and I did that on shit. my own essentially. I had a producer, but it was me coordinating every interview, Dude, executing so... every interview, and then getting the getting actually. I, I would do a first pass on the on the the, the initial episodes back then because I just it drove me nuts that I. I would have all these ums and clicks and things that my producer i wasn't i couldn't pay him enough to take everything out so yeah. i would also do a first pass on the edit and that first year was uh painful i How mean far ahead
0: were you recording these that's insane
1: about a, about <laughs> seven weeks wow i had i was i always had about seven in the can what year was this 2000. What is it now? Nineteen six. uh, 2017, I think I started. Oh, okay, so a couple mm-hmm. years ago. I did 52 that year, and then the next season I was like, fuck that, and I did, I think, 24 episodes in season two, and then mm-hmm. this season I've dropped four, but I have multiple ready to go. Yeah. It's just been a question of, like, me being able to just release them and, uh, you know, back them all up with social and everything, which, that's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm doing it all by myself,
0: a, Yeah. which is nuts. I feel... I- I, feel you. <laughs>
1: it's I like, mean, it's not sustainable. You No, can't it's no, crazy. You, there's no way to scale a pod like this, the way yeah. I'm doing it. But it's okay. Like, I, I never started my podcast to make money or anything. I just wanted to, like, I, I interview graffiti writers yeah. and typographers. <clears throat> but, like, it was just always about giving back to the, to the culture. Yeah, and that's
0: kind of, I was like, let's just sit down and shoot the shit with people and... We're having fun doing it, I mean, so that, we're gonna keep that, doing it.
1: Some some podcasts are really great in mm-hmm. that format. Yeah. You know?
0: Did it help? So in 2017, where we you're doing this every single week and all the work that goes into that, did it help or hurt your career? Oh, it, it totally it, helped. I okay, mean, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Good. Because,
1: I mean, it, it just runs parallel with everything that I'm doing, and so uh, it's why I think people want so much more – uh of it from me because the, it like it it just i don't know i think it suits my entire brand and it's like i get why people want more i just wish mm-hmm. they understood how hard it is to produce it all you yeah. know and make it all happen well this
0: could be us telling all of you listeners right now it's very hard oh, to it's, do a it's crazy
1: <laughs> it's crazy and people think that it's just like something that pops up on their phone every day mm-hmm. and it's like well there's there's a ton that goes on behind it and so um yeah but i mean i i look forward to doing more you know yeah well none of this
0: would happen would be happening if it wasn't for Game Day and Michael over there. Yeah, kudos, man. I, think, I feel like I'm that kid in elementary school that's like a huge troublemaker, so you, the teachers kind of hate them, but you also love them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I can that's, identify with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so you've been doing that for a couple of years, but you've been
1: painting mm-hmm. for 25 years. 20, yeah, 20 plus. Yeah. 92, I started like doing graffiti. I mean, I guess I was making art before that, too, as a little kid. Um, but how, how little
0: and just doodling in elementary school?
1: I always drew, and uh, and then, you know, I'm 43, so like I I go back to the 80s, and you like, look 25. I, thanks, man. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, sometimes I don't have that energy anymore. But um, yeah, so I've always drawn, and then when hip hop kind of like blew up in the Bay Area in the mid eighties. I was a little kid, but uh I, I wanted in, you know, and I was like I was a break dancer. We, me and my sister would, like, yeah. go and, like, we would go and, like, walk around our neighborhood dressed up as, like, hip-hop as we could for Sunnyvale, California. Was it like a jumpsuit? Would it Oh, dress man, up as I think I had, like, uh, I had, like, a fake Adidas shirt that had, like, stripes down the arm, and I thought that was hip-hop. Or like, and two I, stripes, not, not three or four. No, letters. it might have had four stripes. Yeah, it might have had four stripes. It was probably from Mervyn's, because that's where we got everything. And, um... Yeah, but we would like walk around our neighborhood with like a rolled up thing of linoleum and we'd like slap it down on the street in front of our neighbor's houses and like try to like battle the kids that were inside. You know, they'd come out and we would try to break dance because I think we saw that in some, you know, breakdancing movie. Um, but the graph always was interesting to me. I always saw the graffiti in the background of those movies like uh, Break In and Beat Street and um, what was that other one? I mean, those were the two first things that I saw, along with just like whatever was on MTV. And uh, so I, I'd started drawing letters probably around that time, 85, 86. But it wasn't until high school in San Francisco in 92 that I had the, I don't know, the guts to do graffiti mm-hmm. and it just was that every kid at my high school was a tagger and every day after I went to a small arts high school so
0: different than the east coast <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> well crazy. I went to a performing arts high school uh, an arts high school in oh, San Francisco okay. I think a lot of art schools might have been similar but um, at this one San Francisco School of the Arts in 92 I mean everybody did graffiti every girl like there were 400 kids at our school and like 320 did graffiti I'm not wow. kidding it was just like a thing that everyone just did do you still are some of them still with it Oh yeah, for sure. A anyone few of them, like anyone me? Anyone that
0: we would? Yeah, you, obviously.
1: I mean, let me think. That went to my high school. You know, there is more like photographers and filmmakers mm. in my in my class um, that are like really crushing it right now uh, than the artists. But what was
0: your what was your name back then?
1: The first tag I wrote was coffin C O F N, and I think. I don't know. I smoked a lot of stuff. So I was like, <laughs> I, felt like I, think, I think that's how I came up with Coffin. And uh, and I wrote other stupid things. I wrote Sire. I wrote Ghost. I wrote a bunch of things. And I wrote uh, Reek, R-E-E-K. And this dude Peek, this big Samoan cat, tried to basically just thug me at Forest Hills Subway Station in San Francisco and just told me if he ever saw me again, he'd like beat me. My- if I was ever writing Reek he would beat my ass, and so like I had to find a new name. Why? Because he was too close. to He Pete? was too close, and I was kind of copying his style, like the way his hand flowed. How like, old are
0: you at this point, and how old is this Samoan dude? I
1: was probably sixteen or maybe fifteen, and he was or maybe I was sixteen, and he was probably he was probably the same age. He was just a big cat, and he was a San Francisco native. I was obviously a suburb kid. Yeah, I he, did Chicago, not. Right? Born in Chicago, raised in the Silicon Valley, oh, okay. raised in the Bay Area, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was I, I reeked of of suburban. Kid in San Francisco at my like fake Adidas jumpsuits and breaking well, that was early on. I think I had a I had kind of a I mean, I just copied everybody was wearing like Dickies or Ben Davis, like big stuff in that part of the 90s. So I just I did my best to fit in and doing graph was one of the things I did to fit in with all those like native San Franciscan guys and girls, you know, and uh, yeah, graduated 94 and bombed that city from 94 till I moved to New York in 2001. And I really, I went hard. I went real hard, uh, those years. Uh, so 94, you're in high school. I graduated 94. You
0: graduated 94. Mm-hmm. So that's when you start going hard. That's when did I you could go to just college? like, not yet.
1: Not at that point. Delayed a little bit. Actually, I didn't, I did get into San Francisco state and I did like a semester of a couple gen ed credits and, and bounce cause I just wanted to be fucking around. Um And no. so, yeah, and I just did – I did graffiti night and day f- and for those six years. Are you – like, how are you making money? I worked at like – actually, I had a – this is the days of internet cafes. So there was this place called <laughs> the Coffee Net – in downtown San Francisco, in the Michael, Soma. do you remember
0: what an internet cafe is? <laughs>
1: Fuck you. Well, I mean, you got, it's funny because you go to India or other countries and they're st- they still exist. Actually, it's yeah. not even true. We see them in, in New York, actually. There's still some internet cafes. Um, but uh, there was this place called the Coffee Net. And so I opened it. And I did this for about three years. I opened Coffee Net at 6 a.m. And I would work 6 to 2 or 3 in the mm-hmm. afternoon, whatever it was. I'd go home. I'd go to sleep at like 4 I'd sleep until like 10.30 at night. I'd wake up and I'd bomb all night long from 10 to 6 a.m. when I'd open up the coffee net again. <laughs> and I was on that loop for about three years. Wow. And I crushed San Francisco. So like I you- just. Partying, drinking, do it, smoking, like... Oh, yeah, I smoked a lot of you, weed. I'm not a good drinker. I mean, but, I mean, I did have 21 drinks on my 21st birthday. I, I have to remember go. that, like, I know how to put away alcohol, but... But, well, like, if
0: you you say these three years, you're on this loop, like, do you have girlfriends? Do you have... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess had, you're out with your friends tagging. Yep.
1: Um, so I had, like, like, a strong community of, like, buddies that I went bombing with, and, you know, and I still found time to, like, see my mom, who was down in the South Bay, and, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I was living... It wasn't a regular life by any means, but it wasn't like, I mean, I make it sound kind of like I'm some vampire, which in a way I was, but like, I still, you know, I was at Christmas dinner and you know, I made, I I did like the things, but yeah, my focus was to like try to go all city and have my name on every single thing in every neighborhood in San Francisco and Oakland and, and it was good.
0: Uh, Did you ever get, did you ever run into your Samoan friend?
1: Oh, Peak? Man, no. Shout out to that guy, though, because, like, those guys, like, those San Francisco, it was called bus hopping, what we used to do in the, I mean, it still happens, where you hop on a bus, and you wait until the right moment, and you catch, you know, marker tags on the inside of the bus, and then you get off and hop another bus, and we would do that all day long after school, bus hopping, and that bus hop culture is actually really it's like really rich it's really vibrant it's it's almost dead now in san francisco cuz all culture is almost dead in san francisco um except like you know tech culture yeah but um yeah, like that, that vibrancy of that bushopper, uh, era, like I'll never kind of forget it. And, and there's guys older than me that have talked about it. There's this quote from, uh, my homie Spy who, who is on my podcast and he talks about like in the mid 80s, you'd get on a San Francisco Muni and there'd be so many colors of ink on all the windows that it was like this rainbow, like kaleidoscope on every bus. And like I remember seeing buses in the 80s as a kid in San Francisco and wondering like what the graph was all about. So then, when I got into it in the in the later 90s it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and then you got to see how all that got made.
1: Yeah, I did and it was there was a renaissance in San Francisco at that time because uh Barry McGee Twist is from San Francisco and he's probably the most one of the most prolific graffiti writers I think of all time in any anywhere in the world. And because Barry was in San Francisco at that time like a lot of really talented artists came to San Francisco to be closer to him. So guys came from all over the world in wow. the late 90s to San Francisco. Yeah, because by about 96 or 97, I mean, it was – there were guys from Europe and Asia and all over New York. And, I mean, there, there were just, like, guys from everywhere. And, like, the most talented writers were in San Francisco. And uh, it was a real special time to be there. You yeah, know? But if you,
0: all right, so if you go through all this in San Francisco, why did you leave and go to New York? Did you just call and be like, hey, I did my thing in San Francisco, I got it? Not at
1: all. I mean, really what it was was like all my homies were like either dying or there was a lot of death that was happening. Like uh, just a lot of my homies were either being stuck up and like my homie Dream got stuck up and killed for a gold chain at, you know, MacArthur BART station. My homie John was killed. Uh, He wrote Ty. Uh, Ty was like climbing a fire escape to get on a rooftop and like. Thought he went into an abandoned building, but it was some dude's home, and the dude shot him. And like, the, and then drugs came into the scene, so there were overdoses, and like, th- a lot of this stuff started happening. Holy shit. Pretty much on the regular. Like, I was seeing, you know, a couple homies every year. It seemed like we were losing uh, at the end of the '90s there, and I was just seeing the. I was trying to read the tea leaves on that, and I knew if I kept going at my pace, that I would just be right there with them. And so I thought. Also, there was just a lot of beef. The more you get up, the more people have problems with you Mm -hmm. so we were getting in we were we were fighting guys every weekend like we couldn't go anywhere without static and that was my city you know but now it would become a city full of people from all over and so it didn't matter if you were a local or and I was also like an idiot I was a knucklehead who just I would paint over anybody Ooh, I just painted I just a big no-no well, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I followed the rules usually. Like you yeah, can do yeah. like tags, you know, can tags over tags is never good. But you can yeah. do a throw-up over tags. You can do mm-hmm. a straight piece over a throw-up. You can do Wait, like so a wild style over the, a straight Explain
0: the, the – someone's explained it before.
1: Explain the hierarchy of – It's basically it right there. Yeah. Like tags, tags on a blank wall and then, you know, someone could do like a one-color fill-in or a throw-up over those tags. Mm-hmm. And then you could do a slightly more elaborate – straight letter piece over that throw up and then you could do like a more wild piece over that piece and then you could do like a full grown production over a bunch of nice pieces. I mean that's, the rules have kind of changed but that's how it was established that's how it was taught to me, you know, and I mean I I mostly was good, but every once in a while I made mistakes. Was it a mistake
0: or you're like fuck this guy? No, always a mistake. I mean I was (laughs) just so
1: I was just like, because I was seven days a week and I was just, you know Four wheels and no brakes I wasn't looking I wouldn't notice if there was an old faded throw up from 10 years earlier by someone important and then I just like smacked over it with a big silver you know it's just because I wasn't paying enough attention and I don't, so
0: what would you run into these people or would they put the word out when you see Adam tell him I'm looking for him. yeah or like How I mean I've
1: been jumped I've, I've had i've had I've gotten into fights just like you're you know you're at a bar someone knows where you hang out and then they so come there with up. like three other heads and jump you. So again, like, and that's the kind of stuff I was dealing with. And I was like, "Fuck this," you yeah. know. And my sister was in New York. Was um, New York that much better though? I feel like. M- well, it was a new. It was like fresh for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't all the stuff that came along, and like having done graph as long as I'd been doing it, now I was like ready to like pull away, back away from it a little bit, mm. and like I, I had worked as an actor. <clears throat> like oh. I was, a, I was a child actor. Wait. <laughs> Oh <laughs> really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my God! Please
0: elaborate as much as you can on this. Well, I mean, I this like is fascinating. You know, <laughs> uh, my
1: mom put us on stage early, like because she was a singer. So we did like community theater, and then at School of the Arts, I was studying theater. That's why I went to the arts high school. Oh. I was studying. I was studying theater. Um, and so let's see here. And I had done commercials and stuff as a kid. Bunch I mean of, that like, we would know. Yeah, but they were in the 80s and 90s. Are you they know. still, like, up on YouTube or anything? Oh, for sure. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, what? you wouldn't be able to find my name with them, but, like, I did a Diet Coke ad that ran at a Super Bowl. Like, that's pretty easy to find, and I've done, like, <laughs> Nintendo stuff, and it all looks like, you know, Michael J. Fox, like, back to the... Future, Is what, yeah, it, what yeah. it looks like, because that's what the era was. Wait, you know? how
0: old were you when you were doing this?
1: I think I did, like, I worked doing commercial work for, like, I don't know, tw- uh, 12 to...
0: High school, so I'm always interesting interested about when. So you obviously get paid for some of these things. Oh yeah, those nationals paid. And, Amazing, but you're under eighteen. So it does go to mom and dad.
1: Yeah. Actually, my mom started a management company. uh, So she had like, I don't know, something like 35 kids that she managed at one point um, from like all over. Well, she was in it. She was because for having been in like the theater community, she knew all the kids. And she had like taught them singing and directed their plays and stuff. So she was like trusted. And yeah, she had, oh, my God, what was it called? Oh, man, I forget the name of the agency but or the management group. But she did that for several years, and many of us did nationals and did a lot of work. Did you, you know?
0: ever – uh like how badly did you ever fuck up? Like what's like a – do you have any stories of just absolutely not performing the way you're supposed to perform, fired oh. from a job?
1: You mean at any point or at that point?
0: No, at that – acting.
1: No, no. I
0: mean child acting, like you just – I forgot to go out on stage one time for a play I was in and the the director comes up to me and he's like, if we didn't have, we only have one more show. He's like, if we had any more than one more show, you're out. But you'll also <laughs> never act here at the Howard Junior Theater again. Rob Zapple, shout Jeez. out, Wrinkle in Time. Wow, I forgot to go out on stage. Dang.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was I, in the
0: back, just like goofing off. I can't like, think Dude, You're of... supposed to be on stage right now. Yeah. What are you doing? I was like, oh shit. Well, I've already. They're already like ad-libbing and doing their improv mm-hmm. up there. I'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I was not fine. Never acted again.
1: I don't know why I can't think of that, but I, you know, uh, why did we? Bring? Oh, we brought this up because. When I moved to New York, I had thought—my sister uh, was already in New York, and she'd been there for a few years and had a, had a bunch of success. Uh, she's a singer. Oh, nice. And, um, like, uh, you know, she was in New York for a week, and she met uh, John Forte. And John Forte at the time was producing the Fugees. So oh, nice. And my sister couldn't really sing, and, like— they, she was at a bar and she doesn't ever drink but she was at a bar and uh, John Forte's like oh you can't sing and she was like no I can sing <laughs> and she, I guess she sang at the bar right there and then like a week later she was in a studio with Lauren Hill and and Wyclef and she was recording on she was on Lauren's solo album she was on really? Wyclef's so that Carnival album Yeah Yeah, yeah she's, Grammy no, she's, not, she's Grammy nominated
0: that she's not She's Grammy mm-hmm. nominated
1: Yeah oh. she got gra- nominated For a Grammy with What's her Instagram Let's give her a little shout out uh, That's true You know what I just wow. can only think I can only, think, I can only th- Well the thing is My sister has all these different She runs a bunch of fitness studios In New York City So I can think of like Mud and Lotus And Upper East Side Fitness Which are like her two oh, yeah, yeah. Her two fitness centers But why can't I think of her I mean back then though Lauren Hill Wyclef Fuji's like it, it was big. Top, I mean, the top of the game. And my sister just walked right into it. Two weeks <laughs> in New York. So I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I'll just go to New York and say, have that's crazy- not, She's probably like, everyone everyone's come to New York. You totally, just get famous. It's totally. not how it goes. My sister's always had a uh, right place, right time kind of thing. Uh, so I thought I would do the same thing. I thought I'd go to New York. I thought I would start acting. I thought it would be easy. And I got there and it was like not that at all, you mm-hmm. know? And um, all the actors- that I was meeting, they were all trained. I really wasn't trained, you know. I had high school and a bunch of experience, but I hadn't performed in years. I'd just been like the opposite of being on stage. I was like in the shadows, bombing, yeah. you know. Um, so it, it took me a few years, and uh, but I eventually went back to drama school in New York, uh, and I studied for three years. Uh, what age are you now? At that time, let's see. Well, not now, I moved but now in. The yeah, story. I moved to New York at twenty-five, <laughs> and. Um, like my whole like world kind of came crashing down at 28. That may be a story you'd like. Um, and it was so. I guess I went to drama school the the at 28.
0: Okay, and what yeah. happened at 28?
1: Well, my you know a bunch of things. My my longtime girlfriend and I split, and my how long? Well, we moved to New York together. I think uh, I think we were together for seven years Ooh. dating. I know. And three years, a couple years before that as friends. So we were like really invested. And so that blew up. I got fired for the first time. I was, um, I'd always worked in bike shops in San Francisco and restaurants. Like, I mean, I was like, I would ride bikes to do grass. Bicycles.
0: Yeah. So I just,
1: I was like in the bicycle scene in San Francisco. So I, I rent, I was a mechanic and a salesman in the shops. So when I moved to New York, that was like easy work for me. But this shop fired me. I was, like, pretty surprised. Like, and why, why um, Dude, they fucking told me that I riled up the mechanics, <laughs> which was probably true. I'd, like, walk like, in I'd be so? like, oh, you know, i just walk in and, like, see all these guys who I loved and I would just, like, and I would get them kind of hyped up. And it was, I was like, like, in a good way. I thought it was – I mean, I was the manager of the mechanics – that he was talking about. So you come in and do a little Wolf of Wall Street speech. Yeah, yeah, I guess I saw it as that. I saw it as, like, morale building, but uh, (sighs) they saw it um, as, like, a distraction. And I think they may have had some other issues with me. You know, they probably, I mean, I'm, you know, at that point I was still pretty much a knucklehead, and I was still, like, writing my name on stuff and, like, you know. If you were
0: tagged someone's bike that came in, like just a little tag on the No, man. I I
1: built really high end like downhill mountain bikes at that oh, shop. Shit. So like I had a bunch of downhill wrenching experience. And so when I, I got the job there because <clears throat> I could build like a ten at that time, like a ten thousand dollar downhill bike, mm-hmm. which was those bikes are insane. That was high end back then. The bikes now are like sixty, mm-hmm. seventy grand. But like um, and these are bicycles, people. Bicycles. 60, 70 grand. Oh, for sure. For Pro downhill bikes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro downhill bikes. They're like super custom. Anyway, um, yeah, they fired me, broke up with my girlfriend, uh, who we're still friends, by the way. Um, Why did you guys break up? I mean,. It's probably shit or get off the pot kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seven and years is a long time. my laptop crashed, and my our lease was up. I had like, what year is this that your laptop crashed? <laughs> oh, it was an IBM ThinkPad, so that can tell you something. You just go
0: to the Apple Store, you kind of get it fixed. It's Not, all still. In was, the, like, I in think the cloud. PCs
1: still are just like, <laughs> if you have a PC, it just like, if it dies, it dies. So you're actually lucky to even have a laptop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. dude. I had uh, You've been balling with a laptop, dude. I actually had a handheld PC too. Those were those were some shit. That I don't even like know what that is. Just the no precursor idea. to these smartphones. It was, a, it was made by HP. How big was it? Uh, not much bigger than like-, like TI-83? Nah, it was like, <laughs> it, was like, it was like an iPhone plus size, but hella thick. Uh-huh, anyway, yeah. um, so all that shit happened and I was like really down. And so <clears throat> the only thing I could think to do was to sell everything I owned except one of my touring bikes and keep all my camping gear because I had like lightweight touring camping gear. I left a couple of valuables at my sister's, sold everything, and I got a one way ticket to uh, London. Well, and I just
0: went. Curveball with... in the story. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hell yeah. A curveball in my life, you know? Yeah. And I biked, uh, I biked for three months on that trip and uh, biked to, all the way to Morocco from London. And like that summer, that summer was crazy, you know? I mean, I just. Now, uh, for the
0: listeners who don't understand, London and Morocco are not attached by land. No, so there's a ferry from Spain. Didn't bike from London to Morocco. Mm-mm. You hopped on a ferry.
1: Well, I took a ferry across the Channel uh, from Dover. <laughs> I took a ferry from after I biked all of France and Italy and Spain. Uh, you take a ferry across the Strait of Gibraltar. Are you alone? Yeah, I did it solo. Wow. Yeah, and like in northern France, man, I did this one day where I biked seven hours and I was back at the point that I started at. I biked a huge oh circle God. somehow. Sometimes I feel like that happens to me in my Holy life in general. Shit. And there yeah. was like a huge <laughs> climb in the middle. There was like a monstrous climb. Like it was like two, two or 3,000 vertical feet that I had to climb. Like it, was like, it was like a 75-mile day, and I was back where I started at the end of the day. And I had like a meltdown. I looked at my maps, and I realized all my maps were like – not only were they out of date, but they were the wrong scale that you want for touring. Yeah. So I threw all my maps on the ground in, like, northern France, and I just – I had a compass, and I just kept going south. That's you know? so pre-2000s of you. Compass? <laughs> yeah. Well, dude. I mean, I grew up camping, yeah. so, like, I always had Pre-map a – Pre-map quest. Fuck pre- yeah, dude. And <laughs> you know pre- what? It was like yeah. – I, I, I had that handheld PC, and, like, what a joke, you know? Like, it really <laughs> didn't do much for me. But, um, but that trip was pretty uh, transformative. Did you ever you fall? Know? I mean, what like I can that. remember is uh, at just, like, the the base of the Alps, like, on some of the lower climbs, I remember just, like, my legs just, like, locking with, like, cramps and me just having to lay on the ground on the side of the road and just, like, weep while these, like, terrible cramps were, like, in my quads. And you're, um, so you're alone at the base of the Alps. Sometimes laying down, just crying. crying. And other cyclists would ride by or cars would drive by and, you know. They'd hike. probably mess, you know. Talking some Italian bullshit, making fun of you. I got to tell you, on that trip, that was 2004. I
0: only say that because that's what I would have
1: done. Like, <laughs> look at uh, this. <laughs> well, that was before. And Lan- yeah, the tour was happening, Tour de France, at the same time. I oh, actually nice. followed a bunch of stages. That was part of the intent was to follow them a little. Uh, so, like, what took them a day would take me, like, two and a half. But I would do – I was following their route. And you were, you were a solid rider at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I know how to do 125 miles a day. Like, I can do so – like, I can do still a, do that if a, I have to. Like a layman,
0: like a normal human being – that would probably take them what four days? Take them one day. hundred miles. Two days. Oh,
1: like to do a stage? Because like yeah, some like, some stages would be like 150 miles. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, how long would it take you to bike 150 miles? You know, I would never bike 100 <laughs> miles. <laughs> I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Once you get going, it's incredible how much you can do. You know, but like um, I ran three miles the other day in a workout class, and my nipples started oof, bleeding. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was pathetic. Well, <laughs> was it cold? What was it cold? No, it was in a class. My, I think my shirt was wet, so it kept oh, rubbing up and down. Oof, <laughs> I was oof, running? Yeah, and I took my shirt off. After. My nipples were bleeding. Oh, that and that's my buddy rough. was like, "Yeah, it happens when I run like twenty miles." Like, no, dude, I
1: like oh, barely made it to three miles. That's rough. Yeah, see, I can't run at all, but I can still bike a hundred miles in a day. I... You still do it? Wow, well, the Peloton? last tour. I haven't done a tour. Not sponsored. <laughs> I did a tour uh, uh, four years ago. I did like a solo. Like, 500 miles round trip, like, just up into upstate New York and back. Did your wife bike with you? She has, but she didn't. Yeah. Um, although, for our one-year anniversary – so she – I told you she said no motorcycles, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, were so when we got married, she said – she had one condition. She was like, no motorcycles. And I was like, cool, but my one condition is that you do at least one long-distance tour with me. And she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And she's never – done anything like that. And so our 1 year anniversary. Ooh, um, wifey, get on it. <laughs> well, we bought a uh we were going to buy her her own bike. Uh but I realized that I would in the day, like, I would bike up ahead and she would fall back. And then we'd be separated on tour. Yeah, and I just yeah. thought that was dumb. And so we bought a tandem. We bought a touring tandem. Really? Huh? <laughs> and uh, it was five grand That's for that amazing. bike. Yeah, we had it custom made. And um, it's my, uh, this company in Seattle called uh, Co-Motion. They make beautiful steel tandems for touring. Another not-sponsor. And, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, we, we biked from uh, the Oregon border to the Mexican border wow. that summer.
0: Yeah, That's we did
1: uh, about 1,800 miles over five weeks, and she'd never she'd never camped outside more than a day, and she did five weeks on the road like a beast. She was, and she totally fell in love. The culture of something like that is like pretty incredible, you know. What do you guys listen to while you're doing that? Do you talk to each other? We you... talked the whole way. Really? Yeah, dude. And like my wife, like you I have didn't... like a little mic, or you just kind of yelling back. No, nah, I mean it's totally quiet. Uh, Bike yeah. tours. I mean, slow travel is very quiet. There's like a lot of slow travel movements, you know. There's a lot of walking, a lot of people walking right now. A lot of people running, like long, like around More than the world. Miles. Yeah, yeah, like three thousand yeah. miles. And then there's, there's always been a huge bike tour thing in the world. Mm. You know, it's such an efficient tool that, like, I don't know. I mean, it's always it's always made me feel accomplished to be able to bike from point A to point B. Yeah, you know, on my own steam. So and yeah, and that trip was crazy, dude. Like again, like she'd never done a tour. And by the end of it, she was just she just wanted more, you know? And
0: this is within the first year of your marriage.
1: We had our anniversary in Carmel, California on that tour. Ooh, Carmel's great. It was. Yeah, and we had like then, a yeah. really swank bed and breakfast oh, for that. Awesome. You know, uh, the rest of the trip we were in the tent, you know, but on that. And that was like another testament to her that she was willing to do that.
0: Did you, you know? do any training of like uh, survivor training? Do you know how to build a fire, cook food in a tent? I was never
1: a Boy Scout, but um, I always like, I always wanted to be. So, and growing up in Northern California, you just have that opportunity to be outside a lot, yeah, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, a bunch of my buddies were Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. I wasn't, but Eagle I wanted- Eagle Scouts? Mm, <laughs> I know one Eagle Scout. I know yeah. one Eagle Scout, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say the name of that. <laughs> <one. laughs> um, but uh, I think actually my Uncle Denny almost got to Eagle, but um, no, I never did it, but I learned all that stuff because yeah, yeah. I wanted to be able to, you know, like that trip in Europe, like I wanted to be able to survive alone for months. Mm. You know.
0: Do you think it's ever in your lifetime, be useful for any type of, do you believe in any type of weird apocalypse or anything like that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, do I believe in that? Not really, but I'm an optimist. But, I mean, it. we've always thought it's kind of nice that we could just pack stuff onto one of our bikes right now and go and live off the land. Like, we could do it. Yeah, my wife well, and I. Yeah, I was now saying, we have yeah, a one-year-old yeah, and a five-year-old. Yeah, say, yeah, but the kids, kids adapt like crazy, so they would do it. They would just figure it out too. Yeah, you know, as long as they're warm and fed. Like,
0: God, I'd be so fucked if we, anything like that happened. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, I don't. I'd be like I don't. One
1: of the first to go. I don't. I don't fuck around with like doomsday uh, uh, thinking. You know, I there's heard not that enough there's, time
0: there's doomsday bunkers in New New York that you can buy oh I'm sure and you you can you know you rent it you pay for it every year it must be crazy expensive yeah and they're they're like underground and if you do it you can live in there for I mean years they have everything set up yeah
1: have you seen that new movie Um, uh, oh why can't I think of it now Um, if you're a if you're a horrible little insect you are a parasite Seen, oh, heard I haven't a seen it yet That was, was good, yeah. I was, oh, fucking a good, good. I've heard
0: me I, I haven't seen it yet Yeah, yeah I mean I It's about to. this
1: Korean home And they have a bunker Underneath it That's yeah. There's something going it's on It's the down same
0: there. Uh, guy That did um, uh, Oakcha. Oh, is it? Yeah I didn't know that's I, yeah. I
1: didn't know I thought that was the first film I'd seen from this guy But anyway, it's killer yeah, But yeah, no, bunkers heard things about it. Don't know much about the bunker world Yeah You are claustrophobic Yes are you I like aisle seats Do you remember I, I requested aisle like seats for my flight And you were excited That I asked yeah, and it's just important to me. I just hate being See,
0: I like window in. seats. People are like, "Well, you're so large." But the reason is I'm so large that like I put my foot in the aisle. My my shoulders are here and people walk by and they hit you bump and you. I'm a s- I do get bumped
1: a lot, but yeah. I like I prefer I don't like that. Bumped. Don't bump me. I like that if I just have to like get up and pee, it's like I don't have to ask anybody. Oh yeah. That's kind of my favorite thing. Or I can stand up whenever I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I need to stretch my legs or something. Do you stretch before you get on a long flight? No, I'm a terrible... I've never stretched as a cyclist. Cyclists are actually known as some of the worst stretchers in all professional sports. And it's, like, ridiculous because they need it a lot. The most? I mean, some of those guys are just... Like, those real, like, Tour de France guys, they're, like, super humans anyway. Mm. And they yeah. have those, like, calves that are just, like, super yeah. skinny. I don't think they need to stretch.
0: Okay. Um, do you have any travel routines that you like to do? <laughs> so many, actually. It's interesting Ooh, you say that. I mean, nice. I'll just tell
1: you this, that, like, I don't fly without a SARS mask.
0: You do. I'm that guy that wears Wait, like the mask. a weird blue one or like a cool custom one.
1: I have a black one that's fabric. There we go, black. Yeah. That a and then, like that. and I also have. I drink an emergency before every flight. Nice, I love And emergency. I have Ricola on the flight. Ricola. Yeah, and so and. You know that. <laughs> now I have like, and this is part of the tr- part of the ritual I think is like having good things to watch on my iPad from like Netflix. So I'll download like appropriate things for the flight. Um, And then when I get to, like, projects like this, I usually hit a grocery store first and I'll have, like, fresh fruit and vegetables in my hotel room. What, apples, bananas? Carrots and hummus and grapes oh, and, yeah. you know. I also buy breakfast. I buy, like, grape nuts and oatmeal. You know there's
0: free breakfast at our hotel. I know,
1: I know. But I don't usually fuck with hotel food. I mean, yeah. Because it's, like, I don't nasty. know where they get yeah, – like, yeah, like, powder makes the eggs and it's, like, I don't yep. know about – yeah. I mean – it's 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 good though. It's a good thing. So, what are you downloading on Netflix right now? Mm, I just watched the uh, the Crown season two of the Crown. Ooh, it, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't know, man. I'm like kind of a kind of a sucker for a for a British costume drama. I think that goes back to like theater training, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, I haven't been able to get into
0: it. Like, yes,
1: I've seen the Downton Abbey movie in the theater. You know, like guilty. Not, what do you, you don't go to the theaters? Uh, no, I just think most people, um, maybe in my circle, didn't spend money to see Downton Abbey in the movie theater. That's very true. My wife and I, <laughs> we liked the show, and then we were like, oh my god, a movie.
0: <laughs> um, what about a morning routine when you wake up? What are you doing?
1: Well, I wake up before my kids, usually, I hope. Um, what time is that? Six. Um, I push button on the coffee maker that's been prepped the night before. Ooh, um, good move. We drink really strong Local Brooklyn f- fancy coffee grinds.
0: What, it, what in like a, you have like a pour over or an espresso? Or we what? have,
1: we now have, we went with the maker because we're like two kids. We don't need to be pouring over in the morning. Mm-hmm. We push a button on like, it's a really nice, um, oh shit, it's like a German coffee maker. I forget what it's called. Uh, or well, I'm sorry. No, the coffee maker's Italian. I'm sorry. Our kettle is German. Anyway, um, coffee. <laughs> and that That's like number one. That's <laughs> I think how a lot of dads... And moms survive. Um, And then it's just, I mean, our mornings are, like, all about our five-year-old getting to kindergarten, you know? So it's like (laughs) like, she's up and she's always kind of like, Papa, let's draw something. And so I'm like, you know, every morning we actually have to draw something or she'll be like, read me this book. She's like, crazy reader. And um, so, yeah, it's really like morning is, like, all about getting her... She wears a uniform at her public school so you got to you well, know that's the good. uniform. You don't have to think about the clothing. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's I'm awesome. a big fan of that. But there's all kinds of other stuff. You need we need to make a lunch and a snack and water bottle and there's always we do a little bit of homework probably every morning and then Why? You don't do it at night? Uh we will, but there's just her school's pretty rigorous. She got into one of these like gifted and talented programs and so oh, they really give nice. her, they give them a lot. Yeah, Must have really got it still, from her mom, right? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh,
0: <laughs> I do know that his wife went to Harvard and is an NYU professor. That so. is true. Yes, and it actually might be true. <laughs>
1: she's really she's yeah. really smart. Her, her emotional <laughs> intelligence is like greater than her like uh, intellect. But anyway, more, that's a whole days other that's thing. Way more important. It's valuable. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, she's a killer mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I bike. I bike. Uh, Paloma my daughter's name. I bike Paloma to school every morning, so I do drop off five days a week. She's sitting in the back. I do have a. I Rocking bought a, a car. Helmet. I bought a cargo bike that can hold two kids in the back. Actually, oh no way! Yeah, so that's I cool. just bought this new cargo bike. Oh, so and you're like a cool hip Brooklyn dad. It's. Uh, I mean, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you say so. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, she's they're everything. The yeah. kids are and my wife. They're just they're everything. It's why I do everything I do.
0: Uh, is Dad strength a real thing. Sorry. Is dad strength a real thing? Dad strength. Ever since when you had kids, because whenever I see some friends have kids. Their sleep schedule. I mean, they don't sleep, but yet they're still functioning at a very high level. Mm. And they're like, when you have like when you have kids, that's just, interesting. It yeah. just happens. He's like, I can't explain it. But that's you true. Go off yes. a, a few so, hours yes. of sleep. And I think just...
1: it's. I think it's more like parent strength because I think that the both parent. I mean, and well, my if wife. Your
0: wife was sitting here. I said, "You get mom strength too." True. You know,
1: it's twenty twenty. Yeah. Yes, you do have to be super. You have to have. You have to pull up all your best uh, magic when you have kids. You know, and it's it's super hard and it, but it's i mean i just no actually people always told me it was hard no one told me how great it is so i really wish people had told me that a little bit more cuz i had expected it to be like just like pain and suffering but it's like yeah you you suffer a little bit every day and then the reward is like so worth it mm. it's just so good to have Have a they family. helped
0: with your creativity oh totally yeah i mean also. i you know
1: well i should say that like you know my wife i watched her go to grad school and, um you know Followed we her to class had well back, just I watch mean learn. here's the thing like we had <laughs> we mean? we were dating uh we met doing theater actually we met doing oh, outdoor nice. uh, free Shakespeare in new york and uh so And right when we started dating and right when I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, she got into Harvard and I was like, oh, fuck, you know, she's going to leave New York. And my buddies were like, bro, she's going to find a lawyer or a doctor. You're done. You're done. And I was like, fuck, they are fucking right. I love that accent. And so (laughs) (laughs) that was like, I just, yeah, my buddy Richie. And so anyway, uh, that's why I I just took the Chinatown bus like every weekend for for her whole two years of grad school. And we just kept doing that. We just took the buses from New York to Boston to... To make it work, you know. The, um,
0: what do they call the the funway? Feng which is defunct. I hear, I hear they like flip over a lot and they get a lot. There were some issues.
1: <laughs> is no more. They had to get they got closed down a few oh, really? years ago. Yeah, but Probably we took it. We took it for those two years. Um, <laughs> wa. But yeah, be, watching her go to grad school was like a, a really I had never thought about grad school before, and um, I still had not finished college when she got into grad school. And uh, she tells the story that one day after she graduated that I was at home and I was moody and I guess I said something like, you know, I really, really want to like finish my bachelor's. I don't really remember that day, but I know I remember that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually helped find this uh, a State University of New York called SUNY Empire State. It's like this... Isn't SUNY in a
0: bunch of places? Yeah, there's yeah, this,
1: yeah. the SUNY system in yeah. New York is like the State University legit, system. Yeah. And they have one in Manhattan, and uh, it's, you know it's, it's not glitzy or anything. But the cool thing about SUNY Empire State was that they took all my credits from... San Francisco State and City College. Oh, my, random ones I had an associate's degree from that drama school. I had a couple other things, and they mash it all together. And then I had just three more semesters to finish a, a BA, and so I did that. And uh, in in the pursuit of grad school, so I got a performing, I got a performance studies bachelor's degree because that's what my credits were mm-hmm. easiest for them to be like the yeah. state of the New York well, way out with a degree. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I got that performance studies degree, and then uh just immediately started looking at grad programs and and I had thought about uh studying fine art and uh, one of my homies this guy Antonio that I used to do graffiti with shout out to uh, Antonio Scarlata he told me he's like don't go study fine art he's like you're already a good artist like you're a fine artist what else do you <laughs> yeah. want to do and then you know design just was a thing and then because I had always wrenched on things and made things and and painted things product design was like a real and Jane my wife found it she was like product design would be a good direction. I had never even thought about product design. But, I mean, you know, we all live with so many products. Mm -hmm. We're all kind of experts in some way. But uh, I applied to three, Pratt, RISD, and uh, the Products of Design Department at SVA, School of Visual Arts in New Mm -hmm. York. And I got into Pratt. That was my number one. Um, It's a really famous industrial design department. Um, And I got into SVA. I got waitlisted at RISD, and uh, you know, after I got into Pratt, I thought, oh yeah, that's my number one. And I went and looked at it again, and it just seemed a little, didn't seem right. I Mm -hmm. went and spoke with the chair at SVA at the Products of Design department. His name is Alan Alan Chachinoff, and uh, he's a real he's a design visionary, and uh, he won me over. And so I eventually went to SVA um, and got an MFA in product design, Um, and that was another like highly transformative thing. Are you painting at this time throughout the whole time? So I, I, sh- I should say, that to back up, I stopped doing graph in about 2002. Why? Remember, I everybody yeah, all, was dying and drugs yeah, yeah. and violence and all this shit, and I just wanted away from it. So I didn't really – I didn't spray paint anything for 2002 to 2007. It was actually my wife in 2007 when, she heard, when I told her I did graffiti. She was like, oh. She was like, you should do that again. And so I, like, started in 2007 kind of because of her. But when I applied to grad school – It was a part of my application, Mm -hmm. and Alan told me, he was like, oh, you're an actor, you're a maker, Mm -hmm. and you're a graffiti artist. Perfect product designer. He's Mm -hmm. like, we'll funnel all of that into product. And I was like, this guy's crazy, you know? But then we did, and it was like an incredible two years I had there, and um, and truly I used all those things. My entire background went into that MFA.
0: I mean, that's – it's got to be the three foundation pieces of a product. Well. You got to design the, it. You got to build it. and You got to uh, sell
1: it. That's true. Right? So that is true. That is true. I mean there's a whole lot more that goes into uh, it, obviously. obviously yes, but yeah, but, those are important elements. Yeah. Um, and Alan, as a visionary that he is, saw that. And he also, I mean, that's what he does. He looks at kids and looks at what they've got and says, come to my department. You know, you'll fit in. Um I think your initial question was, like, do my kids spark my creativity or something like that? And like, Yeah, but
0: I have ADHD. ADHD. <laughs> like, we're going deep. Well, yeah. It's boomerang. And it'll all come back around. I
1: had it's a point good. in that, like, you know, my wife, like, really stimulated all that stuff with me going back to school. And then the kids in grad school, so much of the work we did there was socially driven. So, like... Anyone, the interesting thing about the department I went to was that it was much less about making the thing, like mm-hmm. most industrial design departments will help you make the thing. But at POD, Products of Design, we would often talk about like the life cycle of the thing. Like, where's this thing gonna be in 50 years? And oh. we have to design for that moment Ooh. as opposed for the cool new right, yeah. moment. The moment when it's in the fucking incinerator or in the landfill, you know, how does the performance of the thing Behave there, mm-hmm. and and I found that really interesting, right? Like he was the only guy talking about sustainability and talking about the environment and talking about our impact and how ninety percent of the problems in the world could have been solved at the design level if designers were in the room. But it's almost always like bureaucrats and engineers that are making these big choices. I mean, the
0: designers are reacting to the choices. Yeah,
1: and made. designers tend to have more empathy, and they'll go talk to a user and yeah. find out what the user needs. You know. And it's, like, you know, the classic example of that not being done were, like, the levees in New Orleans. Like, the Army Corps of Engineers, they didn't talk to anybody. They just thought from their, like, place on high, oh, we'll build the levees at this height. They took very little time to decide how how high the levees were, and they weren't talking to the people who would have said, hey, that's just – that's not going to be enough. Mm. And it wasn't, right? And the levees broke, and then Katrina just, like, had its effect. It could have been solved at the design level if they had just taken into account, like, some information from the users. So, anyway – I learned a lot about that in grad school. I say, well,
0: not necessarily anyway. Like, I feel like that has affected a lot of your decision making in life, it seems like. For sure. How you approach things.
1: For sure. Yeah. And, like, and you know I kind of had a I had a pretty strong moral compass before grad school but it really got kind of laser focused in grad school for me and my thesis topic was uh, we our second year was just all about a thesis year I and mean, we work on one thing all year and I, I created a suite of tools for undocumented New Yorkers and so I already I had this whole social angle of you know wanting to create products for this uh, group of people that are marginalized mm-hmm. and you know It kind of will tie into the neon work like so much of the neon is message driven Um, it's part of the sauce I think that has made it all be kind of successful is Mm -hmm. that it's not just eye catching and cool and lit but there's also this deeper message not all the time but hopefully there's a deeper message behind most of my work Um, and again like that that compass was just sharpened up in grad school for Mm -hmm. me and, and then it gets applied to the work today
0: yeah, it's like uh, I just was looking at your one, it's You're not alone. And we've mm-hmm. talked a lot about mental illness and mm-hmm. depression and things on this podcast. I saw that, I was like that's important. I know it's yeah. very important to H- you as huge well. Huge shout and... out
1: to um my girl Annika um at Dirty Bandits. Dirty, yeah, Dirty Bandits, yeah. Yeah, so. and then the We Are Not Alone, there's a We Are Not Alone page, I believe. Um I'm drawing a blank now on the woman who helps run that with her. But yeah, they that that was a really great campaign, an important campaign. You know, I'm always like kinda open to being a part of things like that mm-hmm. if ever I can. Well, now you're at that point
0: in your career where, like kind of what we were talking about yesterday, where you kind of go through that, those different phases. Mm. And now it's, thankfully, you're able to do things like that, which yeah. I saw in one of your interviews. like I did it for free, but it's not charity because I wanted to do it. Yeah. And that was at about a school. I yeah. I like school, That's right? true. Yeah. Um, and, but now you're at the stage where, you know, hopefully in the next 12, 18 months, we'll see a shop right?
1: Yeah, maybe. Product
0: product shop?
1: Maybe. I mean, um, I have a pop-up coming really soon, actually, which in New York City on December 30th, New Year's Eve Eve, but I don't think that this will be out in time for people to hear this, right?
0: Yeah, I know it is. Oh shit, really? Yeah, wait, Michael. Whoa.
1: I haven't actually announced out before... it yet. But I booked the space. It's happening. But I haven't announced it yet. So, anyway. Do you want to announce it here on yeah. this thing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing do my it. first pop up, um, which yeah. I'm super excited about. It's going to be um, it's in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and you know it's a small storefront, but it's just going to be like packed full of my merch. And I've never seen that before. Shirts, prints. Yeah, we're hats. doing exactly. We're selling hats. I have five. I have a bunch of sneakers. Uh, a b- five oh, different I love prints. The sneaker work. Thanks. Really um, And we're doing a bunch of limited edition sweatshirts and long sleeves that are only going to be available there. There's going to be pins. There's going to be sticker packs. There's. It's just basically like. Everything that I'm selling now on my store is going to be there, my online store. And then- is
0: adamfood.bigcartel.com.
1: Good job. Nailed it. Wow. You really yeah. did nail it. Wow. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. I wish there was an easier way. Uh, we put that into the notes of this podcast. Are you guys good on your notes? <laughs> uh shit. Okay. <laughs> AKA,
0: am I good on the notes? The is no, but- God, yeah, we'll, people we'll really read
1: that shit. People yeah. really- read the notes and like, they'll be reminded me to be good at the notes for this yep, episode yep <laughs> all those at's all those www Adam yep get that in there um, but uh, yeah man I'm excited for the pop up because A I've never done it and B it's gonna give people uh, yeah like a physical experience with my stuff whereas usually it's just on a screen my mm-hmm. store so if you want to buy like a shirt or a bag it's like yeah like and, you know it's, yeah. it's that experience of being able to like touch a sweatshirt as well, opposed I know to just looking
0: experience right now seeing one of your murals in person and especially watching you work uh, on it was an absolute treat dude awesome that's why I was standing in that <laughs> shadow corner <laughs> watching you and you're technically like hey do you think there's any more water I'm like I'm right, right behind, behind you <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah that was right hilarious i creeping in the corner was smart though <laughs> well, so you didn't get burned I yeah. still got burned
1: I had, a, I had a super good time on the wall I'm really yeah. really hyped off it
0: um wow. any like random we're gonna round their base here any any random or or things that you have in your life right now that you swear by whether it's an app, a food you're eating mm. anything like that let me think about that. why are you thinking about that what- oh yeah, when's the last time you yelled at somebody and if it was it definitely wasn't me. Okay. My God, it was probably so. my
1: five-year-old just a few days ago. <laughs> yeah. So awful. Fuck. What, did, what did she do? Oh man, actually, you know, no, I was yelling at the one-year-old. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, she yeah, was, he, he won't remember. No, nah, <laughs> Talia is her name. She <laughs> oh, will. She's one. I can't believe how sharp one-year-olds are. Um, no, nah, she was standing up on a chair. She's doing this thing where she's standing on chairs, and one t- she fell, and and so like Ooh. she's whenever she stands on a chair, and I turn around, I'm like Talia. I was like, get down. And, like, it's like, that's a lot. Like, one year olds really react, you know? Yeah. She didn't start crying, but she looked super scared, and I felt I felt bad. So, Did that's the last person just, I. You just walk out like a boss. Oh, man. No. I grabbed her and snuggled her. Oh, yeah. Really? Kissed her a hundred yeah. times, you know? Um, put her back on the chair standing. Like, it's yeah, okay, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, you know, I don't. Uh, I'm just not put much. pillows sh- around the sides of the chairs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well. We have hardwood floors too, you know. It's like eventually she's gonna bonk her head. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't yell that much. God, I guess when I do, it's at my kids. That is fucked up. That is really <laughs> See fucked up. If you're on the
0: artist, we like to get beyond oh, and man figure these things out.
1: Oh, I yelled at some guy on my bike the other day that was like in the in the bike lane.
0: Oh, yeah. I've watched bikers do some.
1: Yeah. So some guy huh. huckalooie
0: on a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, there's no – it's so selfish driving out there with all these yeah. Uber's lifts. They'll pull over and they'll do whatever they want. Yeah.
1: I was a bike messenger in San Francisco back in the, in the wild 90s. You ever been hit by a car? No, but I've smashed a lot of driver's side mirrors with really? my U-lock. Oh, Yeah. That's what we used to do. Someone cut you off and then they like zoomed up you there and they're at the by. light. No, you're on your bike and you have the U-lock. You hold the U part and, the, and you're going to hit the, wind, the mirror with that part. And so as you're riding by, you just fucking take that thing off and then you're gone. Yeah, they're not going to catch you. Yeah, I did that at least That's half a dozen savage. times. It's pretty savage. Yeah. Bike messengers were fucking savage in that city back in the day. They still are probably. That's a hard city to, hmm. to be a messenger in. All right, so Um, what's this thing? You've had time to think about it now. I still don't know. All I can tell you is that I just deleted my New York Times app because they're as bad as anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, I
0: know. So I was reading that because I'm from Boston. mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't really give a shit about sports except Formula One. But, like, kind of a Patriots (sighs) fan, but, like, not really. Like, I don't care.
1: You're forced to as a New Englander? Sure. Like, if they lose, it
0: doesn't affect my life at all. But I do appreciate them. And I guess probably just because they win. Fuck the Um, NFL, dude. Yes to that, but also okay. you turned down a job with Robert Kraft.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Interesting.
0: Because you don't appreciate his – and this you is before what? all the shit that and went down. And you know
1: what? It's not even Kraft. It's really Van Jones. And I was like kind of like – it's Van Jones. I'm sorry. I don't know what Van Jones is. Van Jones is a person, not a not a thing. Van Jones has – he's on CNN. Um, uh, you don't well, know Van no. – anyway, and his – he started this foundation, I think it is. I can't think of the name right now. It's something like Reform. Don't give him a shout out. Well, I'm I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Van Jones. And oh. his the mission of that foundation is to get, I think, one million incarcerated people out of prison. Oh, I love that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me to do something. And I was like, fuck yes. I was so hyped. I love Van Jones. I am a fan of prison reform. Mm-hmm. I think – you know, the entire industrial complex is, um, it's, uh, it's antiquated, right? We need to, we need to change it completely. And then I just read that Robert Kraft was involved and it just like turned me off, not because I truly loathe the New England Patriots, but because I do. do, I mean, I was, dude, I was raised a Niner fan, like to the core, like. Oh, so I come from care. generations of I If Niners. they lose, you care? I don't, I don't follow the NFL anymore. Okay. And that, like, when Kaepernick couldn't kneel, I was like, fuck this league. I was mm-hmm. already at odds with the league, and then they, like, take this man's completely career away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm in I'm in protest with him. I'm with you, Cap. Like, now this is f- f- the third season that I haven't watched the NFL, which is hard because I was a diehard Niners fan. I mean – I could tell you stats to this day, and I won't right now because I don't want to give them that shine, but I was that guy. I memorized mm-hmm. stats from Montana's era. And you asked my wife, I mean, I was like kind of kind of a creepy uh, Niner fan, you know, for many, many years with her, screaming Boy, at the computer. That's can, who I screamed you at. You can
0: vote with your wallet, right?
1: That's It's so like, true. I don't need Jimmy John's. That's true. I used to love Jimmy John's. <laughs> yeah. Number nine. Yeah. You know, but I mm-hmm. don't need it anymore. Yeah. Uh, and back to the Robert Kraft thing, like, I. I don't even know why Van Jones would have Robert Kraft as a member of the board or uh, whatever. But, yeah. you know, he had just had that... He's had no, numerous scandals. What was the one about Some a like year massage
0: ago? parlor thing,
1: yes. rub and tug, or I don't know what Yes, was doing. which, I mean, I, pay I get this, it. But. We all need to be tugged. Like, I get it, dude. But you're Robert Kraft. Can't you, can't you do it more discreetly? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that... I don't want to
0: think about Robert Kraft tuxed, dude.
1: <laughs> At the time I thought, oh shit, like if um I did something with these guys and then some of my fans and followers were like, wait a minute, you're doing something with Robert Kraft? Like that guy, you know. So yeah, I had to I, I had to say no to that project and that was a bummer and I hope to work with Van Jones soon. I'm sure he's listening. So Van Jones, call me. Michael, can we see if Van
0: Jones is listening? <laughs> No, can, I'll just
1: tell you who he is, whether he is or not. Yeah. Oh, there, there we go. go. Thank you. Good. Lock. I need a little confidence. He's brilliant. Sure. He's brilliant and influential. Um. All right. Well, what do we
0: got planned next? What's going on next? Oh my let's god. Give, let's give a little shout out to Jenny You the pop up.
1: The pop up is big. December thirtieth, we'll New, New York, York City,
0: in, uh, the 26th and the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Uh, I ain't gonna
1: see my pop up then. It's on New it Year's Eve Eve. Eight hours.
0: Just like Robert Crafts Never mind.
1: Haha <laughs> Yeah, right. You <laughs> yeah. think he can go eight hours? No way, dude. Fucking guy. It's only eight hours. It's not even that. I think the doors are open for six. We have the space oh, for eight. I love that. Yeah, I'm You're hyped. in and out. Yeah, have you ever heard of splacer.com? They're not mm-hmm. a sponsor. You ever heard of splacer? No. You can just, like, in any city, anywhere, you can rent out storefronts, just like... Well, this has started a few years ago. Yeah. A young kid in New York, I think. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Because, you know, we do events and stuff. That sounds so someone, like... Someone's told me about it before. Yeah. yeah. Breather is another one, like, if you just need, like, in a beautiful little apartment by the hour. Breather.com. Sorry. Those are...
0: Not another sponsor, but also you did remind me because I, I sometimes forget. We do have to thank our sponsors Heineken, Cafe Joe, and IronMike.fm. IronMike's awesome. If you have a podcast, actually, Adam, maybe you should do this for your website. IronMike.fm. They'll Look set up. up your whole website for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to use, it's effortless, and the guys I do over need there that. are great. So, IronMike.fm, check them out. They're a sponsor. Um, speaking of that, what's the. Not speaking of that at all. But, um, non sequitur. When you, when you move to New York, what's something that you wish you could tell? You're leaving San Francisco, you're going to New York, bright eyed, ready to go. What's something that you know now you wish you could tell that, that kid back then, that knucklehead?
1: Um, I think (laughs) I would tell the young Adam Fujita, um, at Adam Fu, at Adam Fu to just trust the process. Um, I was, I was really forcing New York early on I can't, I can't really come up with examples of that but I was swimming upstream and I and I, I think I just thought that I could create my own lane a little bit in New York and I was wrong you know I had to just like get in line you know it's kind of one of those cities you, you can carve out your own thing but when you first get there you need to Get up to speed, you need mm-hmm. to know how New York moves. you know I, I'm sure every city is like that, so yeah, I think that would be it. You know. I wasted a few years like struggling with that, and uh, it would have been nice to just accept more. How are you accepting the process now? You know, I just like embrace the mess of it all. Mm. You know, if I, I try to be flexible when things go wrong um, in my work physically, if if lines are crooked, I just leave them and I just embrace the mess and uh, I, I chalk it up as that's part of my charm, you know, that the lines are crooked or do you think
0: any like do people really notice if they're crooked? No. Yeah. Only exactly. I do.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. Mm hmm.
0: Well, we noticed that V was crooked, but we fixed that. Yeah. V, we, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I stood there getting sunburned in the back of my neck. You had the
1: GoPro with no power. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Sorry to call you out. <laughs> I know. Are you like, do you have a stand? Nope. You got yeah. a
0: charger? Nope. nope. I literally just have the GoPro. Yeah. It's got like 10% battery. Yeah, we taped it onto the ladder. And... That's right. We got what we could. Hell yeah. Thanks for being out here, man. Oh, this I'm is, excited. This is a ton of fun. Yeah, really appreciate I agree. you. I agree. Um, Thank you. At Adam Fu, adamfu.bigcartel.com. Pop up coming in. Brooklyn, December thirtieth is New Year's Eve Eve. A thing people say.
1: Eve. I got that from my wife. She's really smart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. New
0: Year's Eve Eve. Go check it out. Thank you all for listening. See you soon. Thank you for joining me on Beyond the Artist. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode with all of your friends. Also, give us a follow at BTA Sessions on Instagram. You can find out what creative human beings we're going to have on here next. And also, thank you to our sponsors, Iron Mike, Game Day Media, Heineken, and Cafe Joe. Most importantly, though, thank you to all the listeners. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to this. Love your feedback. Love your support. Please keep it up. And we'll see you soon.